Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. The Bible doesn't care about your opinions. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into this episode of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm wonderful. Can't complain, and if I did, I would have to repent. <laughs> Nice. Classic pastor answer to start off <laughs> the day. Well, uh, I wanted to share with you guys again, our, our last episode, we talked about Jackie and I going hunting. So we went at it again this week with very similar results. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know if it's something about me and my inability to attract deer close to my location, but at least today we saw a few crows and we saw a wolf, which we, was cool. We did see a wolf, which a wolf. shocked me. Yeah. W- was not expecting to see that, but no deer, which is what we went out there for. Uh, big time bummer. We had the, the frozen toes for nothing and uh, kind of a wasted hunter's license. But, you know, it was it was fun to be out there with you to spend $40 to to freeze my butt off and hang out with you a little bit in a deer stand. So uh, that 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 part was at least enjoyable. I appreciate you taking me. Yeah. Capitalism 101. I I, I, <laughs> I gave you a service and you you had to pay for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Perfect transition into where we're going today. The question for the day, as we alluded to on last week's episode, which if you haven't listened to, please Go check it out. Uh, that was titled, Was Jesus a Socialist? So we talk all about that. Now we're, we're kind of contrasting and looking at, is capitalism biblical? So first, the definition from Oxford, the same definition I took from uh, talking about socialism, about capitalism is this, an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. So very much a contrast to socialism. So last episode, we asked the question, if Jesus was a socialist. Jackie, in fairness, was Jesus a capitalist? Uh, no, for the same reason. Well, probably <laughs> probably uh, less than the same reason, but capitalism really wasn't a thing at that time. And so he would not have been a capitalist. But a better question might be, would Jesus or would God's word affirm capitalism today? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into it a little bit. So first things first. As you talked about in the last show, I'm, I'm going to bring up again, and then we're going to, uh, we got a lot, we got a lot of scripture for you guys today. So hang on. Uh, if you want, go back in this episode a little bit as we go through this, write some of these references down so you guys have them. Uh, we're going to try to have them in the show notes as well. But first things first is that everything belongs to God. Mm-hmm. What it, Because what this whole debate comes down to is uh, who is in control of where money and, and production goes. And we know ultimately everything belongs to God. According to 1 Corinthians 10, 23, where Paul's really quoting back to Psalm 24, 1 through 2, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's right. Everything is, is God's and we are just stewards of it. So I think it's, it's very important to start with that because if we don't view everything as God's, then trying to uh, decide who's, who's is whose gets into really uh, this unending argument that's just a, a worldly view. Right. Should it belong to the state? Should it belong to the individual? Well, actually, it should belong to God. And that's why Jesus gives us a warning as well, because our hearts are deceptive and we need to make sure that we're not pursuing things rather than God. So Jesus gives this warning in Matthew 19, 23 and 24. 
where he says to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God, which sounds almost like an impossibility. And he's not saying rich people can't go to heaven. He's just saying that rich people tend to worship their possessions rather than their creator. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So as we get going here now, uh, we're going to be all over the Bible, a lot of Old and New Testament here, to talk about really what we see as as biblical principles for how we ought to look at uh, the means of production, uh, money spent, and who's in control of what, under that umbrella of God obviously being in control of everything. So uh, the first verse I have is 2 Corinthians 9, 5 through 8, which says this. So I considered, this is Paul, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers that they go on ahead to you and arrange in advance your previously promised generous gift, that the same would be ready as a generous gift and not as one grudgingly given due to greediness. Now, here's the key part of this. Now I say this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will also reap generously. For each one must do just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, that was a a reference that we talked about last week. And then it continues, and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that, always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And I think that verse is is critical because it talks right in the middle of there. What you do, what you you sow will result in what you reap. So Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to sow much, then you're not going to reap much and and vice versa. And then from what you get, God calls us to be a giver, but not, but you know, not, not reluctantly or under compulsion by somebody else, but out of uh, the the joy and, and as God says, a a cheerful giving heart is what we ought to give. And so I think that's a really good verse to, to kind of kick this off with. Yeah. Because the, the idea here is if you put something in, God has ordained or constructed the world in such a way that as you put things in, you get things back. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that you should be able to make a profit off of your labor. It goes along with like Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2, where it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of your fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. So there's this idea that we should expect, based on God's created order, that when we work, we then have fruit from that labor that comes back to us. And what a blessing, what a grace uh, giving God that we have that he allows us to be blessed by the fruit of our hands. Mm-hmm. That's great. And just a side note that I wanted to bring up too, uh, even with labor and work, I think sometimes uh, you know work falls into being one of those four-letter words that we don't like. <laughs> Yeah. And and what we have to remember is even before the fall, yep, in Genesis three, back in Genesis one, man was commanded to to work the earth. So work has always been a part of God's plan. This isn't something that's just a result of the fall. Although from the fall, you know, God said it was going to be a lot harder than what it was originally intended to be. But work was always a part of it. So there, I don't think there was ever a design for man to not work and just sit there and reap the benefits of of God's glory. There was always a piece to be worked. About So I, I think that's really important to keep in mind as well. Great point, Derek, because when the world was good and there was no sin, no evil, everything was good exactly as God intended it, man was expected mm-hmm. to work and eat of the produce. Yep. Next verse for you guys, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12. Paul again, and he says, And 
to make it your ambition, as he's speaking to the church, to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands, just as we instructed you, so that you will behave properly towards outsiders and not be in any need. So we see pieces of not being in any need because you're working for what you've made uh, and minding your own business in that regard. And just that, again, working with your hands. You guys are going to see this a common theme coming up. <laughs> a lot of this working with your own hands, getting uh, your, your own labor. So uh, Jackie, carry us on the next one. Yeah, Proverbs twelve fourteen. So this is uh, King Solomon, wisest man that ever lived because this wisdom was given to him by God. He says, from the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good. And the work of a man's hand comes back to him. So again, this is God's created order that as a man works or a woman works, that there's this expectation that they will receive a prophet and it will come back to them and bless them as well. Uh, This verse I referenced last week uh, when we talked about socialism, but I felt was very necessary to bring up again. So just in case you forgot this, here it is again. If you remember it, really uh, burn it into your memory. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 Where again, Paul says, for even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he's not willing to eat either. Very, very straightforward. Yep. Then continues, for we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now we command and exhort such persons in the Lord Jesus Christ to work peacefully and eat their own bread. So again, this working for what you've, uh, what you've earned uh, not relying on other people, not being a busybody and an undisciplined, uh, living an undisciplined life and, and banking on other people providing for you, but you ought to do all that you can to work hard um, and then as a result, live and, and eat because of that. Yeah. Yeah. We can't expect that someone else is going to take care of us. God has given us abilities and we are to use them. Now, some people are, they have hardships and we're going to deal with that in a little bit. We need to care for those people and help them where we can, but we are expected to work for what we have. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the awesome scriptures for me really reminds me of my wife, Proverbs 31, where we have the wife of godly character who's worth far more than any precious jewels. And we, we look at that and say, this is what we want in a, in a wife. If we're a Christian man, this is the kind of woman that we want. And if you read through that, verses 10 through 31 there at the end of Proverbs 31, you see all these different amazing characteristics that she has. Her husband respects her and trusts her. Her children praise her. Her husband has a great reputation because of her character. But one of the things that's oftentimes missed there is that this woman is a woman of enterprise. Like verses 14 through 16, listen to this. She considers a field and buys it. So you have ownership, uh, private ownership of property right mm-hmm. there. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. So she's working and planting something where she expects to reap what she harvests. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. So she is growing and and maturing and developing and getting skills and being ready to work in that way. It says she perceives that her merchandise is profitable or that she will make a profit from her merchandise. Her lamp doesn't go out at night. So she's working hard into the night. And so you see here that there's, there's profit here. There's, there's earning something individually for her and her family with private ownership of goods and services and property. And so the Proverbs 31 woman, you see there's a lot of biblical principles here that point to, to capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a great example. I'm really glad you brought that one up. I'm going to jump back just a few chapters in Proverbs 28, verse 19, which says, One who works his land will have plenty of food, but one who follows empty pursuits will have plenty of poverty. 
So again, in the, in this book of wisdom, if you work hard, you're gonna have plenty of food. If you don't, and you you follow empty pursuits, maybe our uh, modern day version of uh, pyramid schemes or, or what you know, I don't know. Fill in the blank with whatever the empty pursuit is. I'm sure there's Spend a lot of too much time on social media. Yeah, yeah, being <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, being uh, yeah, yeah, just a, a nice activist on social media that earns you so much money. Uh, but the that's going to lead to plenty of poverty. So yeah. that's that's clear. And this doesn't mean, you know, there's, of course, there's different levels of jobs. People who have certain jobs are going to make more money than others who may work equally as hard. It's just in a different uh, field. Totally get that. I don't think that's the point of this, but the point is hard work is generally going to result in uh, food and, and money and how we would look at it. And people who aren't doing that, it's, it's probably going to end in some sort of poverty. Yeah. Great point. Isaiah 65 uh, talks about, um, this sort of same thing where we are to have ownership of things. God has, it's ultimately all God's, but he entrusts it to us. Uh, Isaiah 65, starting in verse 21, God speaking about his people says that they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build another, build and another inhabit. Uh, they shall not plant and another eat. So in other words, you shouldn't have what you plant and what you work for given to somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you want to give it to them, that's fine, but it shouldn't be taken from you and given to them. Continuing on, it says, for like in the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. So there's this idea that, that there's produce that comes from a fruit tree. Mm-hmm. And he says, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Again, there's that theme that God has created an order in this world in which we are to rightfully expect that the work of our hands will produce a profit that we can live on and uh, invest in. And it's, it's something that God wants us to, to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Proverbs three, nine and 10, uh, continuing on says, honor the Lord from your wealth, uh, assumption that there you, you can even have wealth. Uh, so honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So we kind of get a tithing principle within here and yep. also just, again, giving back to the Lord what he's gifted you. And and one thing, uh, before we continue, I was just thinking, uh, you know, we, we have the verse Jeremiah 17, 9. talks all about, you know, from uh, the heart is deceitful above all else, who can understand it? Right. And so we know, you know, in a world that says, follow your heart, uh, do what you feel is right, is is not biblical at all. And we're we're in a war right now uh, in in the spiritual realm, really, that's kind of manifesting out in the physical world of this uh, contrast of opinion, and uh, or not just opinion, but truth, really. And I think it's it's important to remember, even in this uh, argument for economic principle, whether it's capitalism, socialism, or whatever, is that men are wicked. Our hearts are wicked. Yep. So no matter what system that we we fall under, or that America uh, ends up being under. There's going to be wicked people. So even in capitalistic societies, there's going to be people who take advantage and people who are not generous and, and people who exploit. That's going to happen. Um, but what we have to remember is there's no perfect system that's going to take all that away. Right. And so when we're, when we're looking at this again, for you listeners, these are verses we're giving to support this kind of principle, knowing full well that there are people who take advantage of it, but we don't live in utopia. Not on this, not on this side of heaven. I want to be when we're in heaven. It's going to be great. Yeah, and when we did, we messed it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, we we had that back in Genesis one, and it didn't take very long before that was gone. And then there was murder the next chapter, so it, it went down here really quick. Uh, but we don't live in utopia. 
So we have to go with the biblical principles we can hold to, knowing full well that people and evil people, uh, including ourselves, who are wicked in the heart and, and need Jesus uh, and praise the Lord for his grace. But if if we don't have that, all systems fail. So mm-hmm. we're just trying to take, here's here's a system that that I believe biblically points to the most, it makes the most sense um, as a way we should live. So I just wanted to, to add that in there, but carry on because I know you got a couple of verses left. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's a great point, Derek. And, and we, we don't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. We think that if we had a perfect system, we wouldn't have the problems that we have today. Uh, the rich wouldn't be taking advantage of the poor. Uh, there wouldn't be any poor. Uh, we, we, we wrongly think that, though, that the system is at fault. Now, I know that people make that argument for socialism. Well, no one, there's, been, there's been just bad people in charge. If you get the right people in charge, it'll yeah. work. But as we pointed out last episode, and if you haven't checked that out, please check that out, was Jesus a socialist? But what we pointed out is that it's not just the people that are the problem. It was that system. Yeah. Now, even in a perfect system, and capitalism is not a perfect system, mm-hmm. but even in a perfect system, as you point out, people are sinful. Yep. And they're going to take advantage. And so we're really just looking to say, okay, about the system itself right now, is this something that is in line with biblical principles? And I, I believe so far uh, we're seeing that, that it really is. And so continue along that line with the understanding that we are sinful and we're, we're going to even mess up a system that is closer to biblical um, principles than, than others. We, we need to look at these things and to the best of our ability, we need to surrender and ask God to help us carry out his plan, his purpose for our lives. So when we, when we do that, when we look at the scripture, we see things like Ezekiel 46, 18. And this here is, uh, kind of a, almost a condemnation of socialism or communism and it, dictatorship even. It says, The prince shall not take any of the inheritance of the people, thrusting them out of their property. So we have private ownership. In fact, if you go back and look in the book of Joshua, the first half of the book of Joshua God is sending his people to conquer the promised land. And as they conquer this land, after God gives them victory, God then assigns all of the people their own pieces of property. So each each tribe gets their, their own property. But here it says that the prince or the government is not to thrust people out of their own property. He's supposed to give if he, he shall give his sons, it continues on verse 18, it shall give his sons their inheritance out of his own property so that none of my people shall be scattered from his property. So God's making it pretty clear here that individual ownership, private ownership of property, someone having possessions, not being controlled by the government, but controlled by individuals, that freedom is, is of something that God values. And when that's neglected or abused, God condemns it. And another another thing along those lines, even in the Newer Testament, under Roman rule, so uh, an authoritarian, uh, authoritarian government who is very much anti-Christian, who killed all of the apostles minus John. Uh, John was, was still uh, put on an island by himself in exile. But this government still allowed people 
private ownership. How do we know? Well, if you go through the New Year Testament, like the book of Philemon, uh, first, and first Corinthians, uh, also in Colossians, and in many other places, house churches are mentioned. But in these three specific texts, uh, Philemon verse 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 19, and in Colossians 4, verse 15, not only is the house church mentioned, but it makes a point of stating that these houses were owned by certain individuals, right? So you have uh, Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, you have um, uh, the brothers in uh, Nympha's house church. And then uh, you have Philemon's uh, home church as well. And so the, these these are private homes owned by individuals in the church that they have then opened up on their own free will and allowed the church to come and meet there because they are using their possessions in an act of worshiping God. So we see God condemning government, taking property from others and giving it to someone else. And we see uh, the church having ownership of these things and use them for God's glory. And over and over, as, as you have pointed out, and I've pointed out, look at these scriptures, we see private ownership of property. We see the expectation of we work, that we will reap what we sow. We see that God provides by the work of our hands. There's free trade taking place, as in the Proverbs 31 woman. And we see all those things. And so I, I believe that as we look at this, capitalism has a lot of biblical principles. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, and we, we covered a lot of scripture. And again, I encourage you guys as, as we kind of wrap this episode up to go back, look at some of these scriptures, um, figure out, you know, read, read for yourself the whole context. Maybe you don't buy, you don't buy it from us. That's fine. Go read your Bible. The, yes. the more you can do that, the better. And, and figure out what, what you think about this. But, you know, just to summarize it all, we believe it is clear that the key principles of capitalism being, as Jackie just laid out, namely free trade, uh, private ownership of property and the right and freedom to make a profit off of one's goods and services are in fact biblical. Uh, but we do have a word of caution. Uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Again, the, the root of, or uh, the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs because no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In this free market, we are to live as free people, but we must not use our freedom as an excuse to do evil. So exercise your freedom, work hard, make a profit, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Do not be arrogant nor put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do good, be rich in good deeds, be generous and willing to share. Be a capitalist that applies these principles of handling property and possessions for God's glory and the glory of others. Amen. So I, I, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. I want to remind you guys again um, about capitalists. Go back, listen through this. We try to keep them short. So if you forget, you can go right back through. Again, it's not a, a two-hour episode that you got to try to bookmark everything. This is, you know, we're at 22 minutes right now as, as we're finishing up. So uh, we, we'd love for you guys to go back through, uh, share, give us some uh, give us some feedback. Share this with some friends who, you know, trying to understand what does the Bible say about things in a world that we so often look to Twitter or Facebook or some news source that we pretend doesn't have a bias and 
and, and we totally lose track of what God says about thing. And he's maybe our, our fifth or sixth option, but he's, he ought to be the first one. Scripture ought to be the first one. Yeah. And, and let's just be honest. We have a bias too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, our, our bias is we believe the Bible's true. Yep. And so we're going to, we're going to, to the best of our ability, instead of trying to make the Bible fit what we believe, we're going to read it and try to have it shape what we believe. Mm-hmm. So I want to remind you guys, we want your questions. We start off a few with questions that we thought would be relevant to to a lot of people and help clear some things up, but we want to hear questions you guys have. I've talked to some friends. I know some friends already have some, but please send us questions. We'll answer them on the show for you. We'd love to do that. Even if they're short ones, we, we want to you know, have some episodes where we throw a bunch of them together that are you know maybe five episodes in, in 25 to 30 minutes and come up with some cool uh, little title for that that Jackie will alliterate somehow, uh, <laughs> but we got to work on that. Uh, but maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's a long, deeper question that you're struggling with. Uh, please send them in. And you can do that through Twitter, tweeting at 1717pod or at Pastor underscore Jackie or me at Derek Ambrosen. Otherwise, you can send it to our email, 1717pod at gmail.com. Uh, and please rate and review the podcast. We'd love to have that. And and again, share with others. This is how we get uh, the truth out. We we got nothing original here. You know, we're stealing stuff from God. That's that's the goal. We're taking taking the word of God, applying it to our cultural context, and saying this is this is the truth. So, we just encourage you do this too. I would love to plagiarize God's word as long as we give Him the credit that it is from Him. Uh, give it to your friends and uh, going forward, Jackie. You got anything else before we head out? Yeah, one quick thing. I I, I think I thought of an alliteration for the the quick. Oh boy, hit here one. we go. Yeah. The quick question cue. Oh boy. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll evaluate that one. Not bad for on the spot, but anyways, guys, that concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate your support. God bless. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717 pod at gmail.com. Thank you.